0: They didn't like it, guys. They, they didn't like it one bit at all. You see, the attention was no longer on them. The attention was drawn elsewhere, and they did not like it. They were jealous. And all they could do was retaliate. And, and the best way to retaliate against those that they were jealous of was to put them in jail. In jail, those, those, those guys, those, those kids, those people won't get the attention. In jail, they, they won't be doing miracles. Nope, in jail, they will sit and rot. Morning, friends. Today, as we continue this already said action teaching series, we find ourselves sitting in jail with the apostles. Now, filled with the Holy Spirit, these apostles, they've been teaching, they've been preaching, they've been proclaiming, they've been casting out demons, and they've been healing the sick, and everything's been going so well that everybody just wants the shadow of Peter to fall upon them so that they might be healed. And and we know this is supposed to happen because if we go back to Acts 1.8, When the Holy Spirit comes, they were told, you will receive power from on high when the Spirit comes upon you, and then you will be my witnesses. And so they were. The Holy Spirit was at work through the apostles, and they were not scared. They weren't scared at all. They just kept on doing what they were sent to do. And the church The the, the body of believers was growing. You see, now they'd gone one step too far for the Sadducees, for the chief priests, for for the leaders. You see, you know what happened, right? The apostles were destroying the beliefs and the teachings and the theology of the Sadducees. The Sadducees didn't believe in miracles, So they saw what was happening, and they couldn't explain it. So they had to get rid of it. They didn't believe in the resurrection of Jesus, but they couldn't produce his body to prove that whole, quote-unquote, theory wrong. So now you have this group of important people, important in their own minds, that are tense, that are angry, that are insecure, and they're troubled. So, what could they do? What would they do to try and save their teachings, their beliefs? They throw the apostles in jail. Now, here's the thing the apostles weren't surprised. Jesus told them this was coming. He didn't mince words. What did he say in Luke that that Heidi read for us a little bit ago? There will be a great time of persecution. You will be dragged into synagogues and prisons. And you will stand trial before kings and governors because you are my followers. But this will be your opportunity to tell them about me. So don't worry in advance about how you're going to answer the charges against you, for I will give you the right words. I will give you such wisdom that none of your opponents will be able to reply or refute you. They will even kill some of you. Even those closest to you, your, your parents, your brothers, your sisters, your relatives, your friends, they will betray you. Everyone will hate you because you are my followers. But not a hair on your head will perish. By standing firm, you will gain your lives. So, so now all that Jesus has talked about, said was coming back in, in Luke 21, it's happened for the first time. The apostles have been praying. We've, we've hit hard on that. They've been doing miracles, we've hit harder than that. They have the Holy Spirit upon them, and now, like Jesus said, for the first time, they are arrested and they're thrown in jail. But it didn't last very long, did it? Nope, they were rescued and set free the same very night that they were thrown in jail. And, and what happens next, friends, is only the work of the Lord. It's only the work of the Lord. An angel appears, opens the doors, and brings them out. And he says, go. Right? There's that word again. Go. And this time there's a little bit more direction to it. Go and stand in the temple courts and tell the people the full message of all the words of this life. Some translations say new life. My my preaching Bible, my ESV Bible says life, and life is capitalized because they're talking about the life. Go tell, tell people about the life of Jesus. So awesome, right? God has now removed them from prison and gave them the responsibility to go and tell others the message of Jesus Christ, the message of His death and His resurrection, the message of the new life that they have in Him. And what did they do? They just sat down, right? No. They got up and they went. They, they did what they were supposed to do, and they didn't care about what was going to happen. They didn't care about what was going to be said. They didn't care about the fact that, that they may be killed or they may be arrested again, because they knew that they had the Lord on their side. No fear. The Holy Spirit had filled them up, so they were not surprised Because Jesus said it was coming. So they just went and did their thing. They went and proclaimed Jesus Christ risen from the dead. They went and proclaimed that Jesus had rescued all those people from death. They went and taught and shared the good news, of Christ and his love. Now here's where it gets exciting. We're in Acts 5. I'm going to pick it up here in verse 21. It says this, Acts 5, verse 21 says this. When, when they heard this, they entered the temple at daybreak. That's the apostles who began to teach. Now when the high priest came and those who were with him, they called together the council and all the senate of the people of Israel and sent to, sent to the prison to have them brought. But when the officers came, they did not find them in the prison, so they returned and reported. So you have about 70 people, all right, the high priest, the council, all these people waiting to get their chance to, to lay into these apostles. But then nobody's there. And, and so, so the, the guards that went to get them come back and they have to tell them what in the world's going on. So that's where we pick up in verse 23. Uh, Sirs, uh, we found the prison securely locked and the guards standing at the doors, but when we opened them, we found no one inside. So when the captain of the temple and the chief priest heard these words, they were greatly perplexed about them, wondering what this would come to. And someone came and told them, Look, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. Nobody's there. So so the high priests are confused, they're they're perplexed, they're they're frustrated. They could not understand where these apostles received this get-out-of-jail-free card and how they got out of jail freely. But can you imagine the captain who's in charge of this? Can you imagine his anger, his frustration, maybe even his humiliation when someone comes back and says, hey, those guys that you just put in prison last night... It's like 6 in the morning, and they're already out here. They're, They're teaching in the temple right now. So he quickly goes, and he brings them in, and he starts to question them. Oh, it'll be a fly on that wall. The high priest said, we gave you strict orders. We told you to not teach in this name. You have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and are determined to make us guilty of this man's blood. They were angry. But did you notice the language that they used? They didn't even use Jesus' name. They said, this man. That's how angry they were. We gave you orders, strict orders, to not teach in this name to not make us guilty of this man's blood. They did not want to give any credit to Jesus at all, so much so that they would not even speak his name from their lips. And yet the apostles, they were not afraid. No. Peter and the others replied, you've heard this one. We must obey God rather than men. Acts 5 29. We must obey God rather than men. What a statement. Now, now remember where Peter and the apostles are standing. They're, They're standing before 70 people, 70 men who have their lives in their hands. What good guts it took them to stand before these men who could throw them in prison, who could have them killed, and to look them in the face and say, we must obey God rather than men. And now this is where we could stop. We could spend hours talking about this verse. We won't spend hours, but we will spend a few minutes. We must obey God rather than men. And when we read that, when we hear that, we have to ask ourselves, how are we doing? How are you doing? Don't give me your answer. God knows. Are we allowing the Lord to lead our decisions? Are we, are we letting the Holy Spirit guide us in our, our daily walk? Or are we struggling because we're thinking that we know best? Or are we falling into the traps of the world and allowing the men and women of this world to guide us, to guide our thoughts, to be the ones that tell us that that's truth, or this is truth, and are we following them? Now, now before we dig any further, we need to understand this, please. It's necessary for us as Christians to be obedient to the laws of our land and to our elected officials. Okay, As Christians, it is necessary for us to be obedient to the laws of our land and to our elected officials. However, not when it comes to going against the Word of God. Not when it comes to us being expected to sin. Now, this doesn't mean you should sin to prove your point. This means we must obey God In everything rather than men. To obey God means to love Him. To obey God means to love our neighbors as ourselves. To to love our neighbors means to have civil conversations with them. To obey God means to not murder. That means to not hurt, to not harm, to not hate. To obey God means to not betray, to not lie, to not cheat, to not steal. We must obey God rather than men. Now, let's go back to the apostles, right, who who said this in front of the Sanhedrin, the, the, the teachers, the Sadducees, whoever was there. We must obey God rather than men. There was no fear in them. None whatsoever. They boldly stood in front of these quote-unquote important people and said, I'm sorry. I can't do what you're asking me to do. I can't. I won't stop telling people about Jesus. You could throw me back in jail. You can make fun of me to my face. You can make fun of me behind my back. You could even kill me. But I will not stop telling people that Jesus loves them. I will not stop telling people that Jesus died for them. I will not stop telling people that Jesus rose from the grave for them. I will not stel- stop telling people that in Jesus they will live forever with him. We must obey God rather than men. So we will not stop loving the way that Christ loves us? Why were they so adamant about this? Well, look at verses 30 to 32. It gives you your answer. We must obey God rather than men because the God of our fathers raised Jesus, whom you killed by hanging him on a tree. God exalted him at his right hand as a leader and savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are witnesses to these things. And so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey Him. This is what gave the apostles, this is what gave the new believers what they needed. They saw what had been done to Christ. They saw Him killed. They saw Him raised. They saw Him ascend. And the Holy Spirit came upon them. The Holy Spirit came upon all those that were believers. So they were given this. So these apostles, these first believers, because of all this, were confident. They were secure. They were focused. And they were peaceful. Such a drastic difference from the Sadducees and the leaders. Friends, they were given those things, but so too are you. Right? The Holy Spirit has come upon you. And because the Holy Spirit has come upon you and upon me, guess what we are to be? Confident. Secure. Focused. And peaceful. Drawing strength from the teachings of Christ, drawing strength from the love of Christ, and being empowered by the Holy Spirit to go on. Now, when you read the rest of chapter 5 here, what you're going to see is that these apostles are beaten, and they're thrown out of the temple, and they're told once again to never to never proclaim the name of Jesus. And what did the apostles do? First, they rejoiced in their sufferings. First, they rejoiced that they were able to be beaten for the name of Jesus Christ. Then they went out and did what? They kept telling others, we must obey God rather than men. And they were able to do this. Why? Because they were filled with the Holy Spirit to share and care, to love and tell of Jesus and all that he has done. Jesus said it was coming, didn't he? He also spoke those words back in Luke to us today. Jesus said it was coming, and it's here. It's here, friends. As disciples of Christ, we are living in a time of great persecution. The one that Jesus was telling about. We might not be standing on trial right now, but people are watching how we act as Christians. People are are watching how we respond, watching what we do and how we treat others. Some of us in our our own homes, we don't agree on anything or everything when it comes to Jesus. Brother, sister, mother, father, child, against one another. And all of us are hated. Whether you know it or not, whether you're you're publicly hated right now or not, you're hated by so many because of your faith in, in Jesus Christ. I mean, Jesus said everyone will hate you. Because you are my followers. But he also said what? <gasps> oh yeah, you will receive the Holy Spirit. Remember Acts 1 8? You will receive the Holy Spirit and you will be my witnesses. He said these times of struggle and opposition will be your opportunity to tell them about me. These times of struggle and opposition will be time for you to share the story, the old, old story of Jesus and his love. Okay, we do have some older people here still that (laughs) picked up on that reference. Even more, friends, you know what Jesus said? He said, don't worry. He said, he said, do not worry about what you have to say. Don't worry about how you're going to have to answer. For I will give you the right words. I will give you the wisdom that none of your opponents will be able to reply or refute against you. And where does this come from? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one that gives you the words to speak. That same Holy Spirit that came upon the apostles comes upon you. Right? From God, through Christ, right to you, you've been brought to this faith by the power of the Holy Spirit. That Holy Spirit keeps you in this faith. That Holy Spirit grows you in this faith. And for when you receive power from the Holy Spirit, when he comes upon you, you are now his witness. So let's end with that. We're all tired. You all worked hard yesterday. I could see it in your eyes. Enjoyed the beautiful day. We're tired. It's warm. So we're going to end with this. We are God's witnesses. What could happen if we embodied this? What could happen here at LMC River Falls if we as Jesus' disciples were more consistent in living with the same security, the same peace, the same confident hope and witness that the first century believers lived with, empowered by the Holy Spirit? Who knows what could happen? But but here's what it could look like and what it should look like. It means that we trust that the Lord is leading his church. It it means that we're going to think outside the box a little bit more on how to reach the children of God because they're not just coming in the doors. It means doing things different, not doing them the same way that we've always done because that's just how we've always done it. It means being willing to have conversations with people. Allow them to ask their questions. Allow them to challenge us. Because where are the words going to come from? Holy Spirit. It may even mean making changes in our lives, our jobs, our works, our callings. Friends, God wants to do this. You know this, right? God wants to do this in you. You you know who Jesus is. You know he died and rose again for you, amen to that. But but God wants to do more than just that inside you and for you. He wants the Holy Spirit to not only bring you to this faith and, and keep you in this faith, but he wants to grow this faith inside you. He wants the Holy Spirit to be alive in you as you love your neighbor. He sends the Holy Spirit to you to stand strong. He sends the Holy Spirit and gives words for you to speak. He wants you to trust him as he uses you, as he sends you, as his witness to River Falls and beyond. In Jesus' name, I'm done. Amen and amen.